the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I've put together a sheet on commodities. I get a lot of quotes, a lot of questions about commodities. And a lot of people really kind of see the speculation of them. Oil creates the illusion of completely changed life, life without work, life for free. Oil is a resource that anesthetizes thoughts, blurs visions, and corrupts. That was from one of the Shaw of Shaws. As a man who lived in the Middle East, he was kind of saying, this is good stuff. Christopher Buckley once said, oil they would buy from anyone, from Satan. <laughs> if you need your economy running, yeah, you're going to buy oil from Satan, I think. Right? So oil is one of those commodities that we all kind of understand. Oil and coal. Now, how do you understand the commodity corn? Or, you know, uh, hog, hog futures? And have you ever watched Trading Places with Eddie Murphy? There's a pretty funny line in it, and he's with Dan Aykroyd, and they basically get set up by these rich guys in a kind of a Pygmalion tale of we can trans we can transform a poor ghetto black man into a refined investment advisor. So these two old guys are playing games with these two younger guys, and uh, there's a scene in it where it's all about orange juice, and you know you could see line and people setting each other up and such to kind of maximize gains based on weather or based on freezes or hurricanes or what have you. That's where commodities get kind of interesting because they are tied towards Mother Nature and planet Earth. You know, if you take a look at some of the the big names of of commodities, you get like crude oil and natural gas and gold. Gold is used for making jewelry. So there's a tie into India and China. But gold is also a hedge against it's kind of a financial standard against the dollar. I love gold. Natural gas, and we're not talking about the methane bursts outburst of your child's you know dairy air. We're talking about electric utilities by natural gas as an input to make electricity. The other main commodity electric utility companies use to make electricity is thermal coal, and coal is considered bad. Dirty. Crude oil is used to make oil-related products like gasoline, jet diesel, and heating oil. Copper is used in building construction. So when you see the price of copper going up, maybe it's because businesses are excited. They're building buildings. Uh, Electrical equipment, transportation equipment. Copper is an indicator when you see it at range in price on maybe future activity. Not always. 
Sometimes there's a shortage. Sometimes there's a mine that being a blows up or something like that. There's more than 50 pounds of copper in a typical U.S. automobile. Building wire and plumbing have been the two top markets in the, in the recent you know years in the United States. So building wire and plumbing. Again, when do we put plumbing in new buildings? Steel is a uh, commodity that, I, I don't know, I think it used to be more important than it is today because it's used to make skyscrapers, bridges, and amongst other big structures, right? The auto industry accounts for about 12% of it, so you could kind of look at steel and see when it, it firms in demand and when it weaks in demand. That maybe it has something to do with you know the number of cars being sold or the number of skyscrapers, but steel doesn't work quite as well for me. How about some like some crazy, crazy commodities? Right, we're practically giving them away. Platinum and palladium. You know what they're used for? Catalytic converters in cars. Zinc is used to coat and protect steel from corrosion. It's also real good against sunburns, right? Grains such as corn are used to feed cattle. More so than to make you Wheaties. Cattle has a big cost of refrigeration. Same thing with same thing with pork bellies. It's more expensive to freeze the pork belly than it is to raise a hog and kill it. Poor Porky. Wheat's used as feed cattle as well. Wheat's also used to make breads, baked goods, and other things. Some corn's used to make ethanol. Ethanol just got a big push in the United States again. And a lot of people hate ethanol. I know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say out loud. Soft agricultural commodities like sugar, coffee, rice, and cocoa are a little bit more straightforward, right? Coffee, obviously, when you see the price of coffee change, it could obviously clearly affect Starbucks. So a fungus in Brazil or a massive rainfall, which leads to funguses and such, could uh, kill the uh, coffee business and make the inflationary pressures hit someone like um, a Starbucks. There's a lot of commodity indexes which show inflation as commodities get more expensive. It's a cost that typically the producers have to suck up, and then they decide, do they pass it on to you or me? And that's why we we follow commodities. Now, you could follow the hard commodities. You could follow the... Um, the metals. You can, well, you can make your decisions, but you do kind of need to stay in touch with the stuff. The CRB is the most popular index. And again, I don't expect you to do this, but it tracks 19 commodities. It tracks aluminum, which is used in airplanes, copper, gold, wheat, silver, heating oil, orange juice, natural gas, corn, lean hog, sugar, coffee, cocoa, soybeans. Oil, gasoline, cattle, and nickel. Now, there's even more commodities out there, like feeder cattle and live cattle. And you're like, my head's about to explode. And I get it. In 2016, the CRB hit a 43-year low, which was telling us there wasn't a lot of inflation just a couple years ago. And since then, we've seen the CRB move a little bit higher and creating a little bit of inflation, which means you and I have a little less money and corporations make a little less money. And not a problem yet, but looking ahead, you, you do look at commodities forecasts. The World Bank is forecasting that commodities overall will continue rising, right? It's forecasted prices for energy, which is like oil and natural gas and coal will rise about 4% on average. 
So you, you kind of want a 2 to 4%. But you see companies that sometimes have direct exposure to these commodities like ExxonMobil. If you see the price of oil surge, it's going to help ExxonMobil. If you see Barrick Gold, if you see gold prices surge, it's going to help them. Caterpillar, obviously a play in construction. Um, they want to, you want to keep an eye on farming and construction. Like if corn demand goes higher, we're going to need more John Deere tractors, more caterpillars. So if copper goes higher, maybe it's caterpillars your direct play. If corn goes higher, maybe it's deer is your stock play. So just know that like there's a lot going on. There's OPEC, there's Russia, there's China, there's the United States where we make deals to you know mow down our fields in order to you know push prices higher for farmers. Like there's crazy stuff that goes on in the commodity markets, but it's fun to watch. If you want to report on commodities, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com, and I'll send you the basics that you need to know. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. What do you want to live in retirement? That's something a lot of Americans really don't think about. I'm in a single family home right now on a, a one level rancher, I guess, or whatever. See, I don't know even names of houses. Um, I do believe that stairs keep you young and stairs keep you alive. But a lot of retirees are like, man, I don't want stairs. I don't know where my retirement's going to be. I don't know what it looks like yet. I haven't found it. And I certainly haven't found a community that I'm like in love with. Right now, my community is a lot of work people, right? Sometimes people who are, you know, near your children's age or families on the street, you kind of develop relationships. Uh, but a bit of a problem is I don't know. And I, it, uh, you know, time is marching on. So it's, it's getting closer. So there's a lot to consider. Now, bankrate.com, I think, is a website that does a pretty nice job. And if I'm looking for an idea for a story or an idea to kill two or three minutes, I'll see what's going on as far as uh, retirement areas. Let's take a look at the top, the top areas right now. And then start asking yourselves, would you want to live there? For instance, the number one on, on the list, I'm going to just, just jump straight to it, is South Dakota. It's factoring in cost of living, tax burden, weather, crime, health care. South Dakota comes out on top with the best overall score. It's a landlocked state. It's home to the Mount Rushmore. Woo! How many times, times do you think you can see Mount Rushmore? It's incredibly low taxes. Tenth in cultural vitality. Weather was the only category where it doesn't fare terribly well in. Healthcare quality, it's fine. And the people there are pretty satisfied. I love going on vacation because I feel I run into people who are satisfied and happy whether they live there, work there, or vacation there. Whereas where I currently live, I find that it's a lot of stressed out people. I'm so done with the, the floss dance. Please, please urge your kill, children to stop. So number two on the list is Utah. Number three, Idaho. Number four, New Hampshire. Those are your top four states. I don't see California anywhere on that list. Uh, Hawaii even meets out in... Uh, California. Yeah, California doesn't... Let's see where California comes in. 
Oh, my, my. It's not in the top 30. Oh, my, my. Oh not my, in the top my, 40. My. Number 45. Wow. What's that say about Arkansas, Louisiana? Maryland, New York. Oh, yeah, New York's not a good one. So those are states to do business in, not necessarily to do retirement in. Have you thought about where you're going to retire? And could you do something like a South Dakota or a Utah? Many, many, many years ago, I was uh, single and dating a woman from California. It was kind of a dream, you know, California woman. I wish they all could be kind of thing. And uh, it was funny because I said, have you ever been to New York? She goes, no. Have you ever been to Florida? No. Have you ever been to Virginia or Washington, D.C.? No. Boston? No. Toronto? No. And I quickly learned that a lot of people in California never go east of the Rockies. Like, their whole world is the Rocky Mountains to Hawaii. I was like, okay. I'm not going to retire here. So that's, that's one thing I can tell you. California does not have the retirement benefits that I want. Now, again, it depends on what you're looking for. Have you noticed that there are no right answers? There's just compromises. You know, I've been doing more and more stories recently about people saying that they want to retire outside the United States and, re, you know, rescind their citizenship for tax reasons. I'm not going to knock anyone. If that's your goal, that's your goal. My fear is, is that I just want to fit in into something like a Panama or an Ecuador. And then I go like, did I really sell all my worldly possessions in the United States and I'm living here and I'm just, just miserable? I just saw a dragonfly that is bigger than a Chevette car. I know you're saying Chevette. Seriously. Chevette. Yeah, so that's, that's something that has, is, it's in my head, right? <clears throat> Thieves stole $27,000 of goods from Apple at an Apple store <clears throat> in Fresno. Um, I, I don't think there is a, a big story there. It does tell you that Apple products are considered to be luxury items. Because uh, when these thieves sell them on the street, it's going to be, you know, hey, do you want a brand new Apple iPhone or do you want a new Apple Watch? It's not going to be, they're not going to be saying, do you want a new Google Android? Because, like, if you want one of those, you can get them. You don't steal something to resell it for the purpose of, like, low value. You're, you're going for premium. So four men wearing black hoodies. The, the, the video of it's pretty crazy. Like, I don't know. It, I'm not going to be a hero. But I'm also not just going to stand there and go, what's going on? Um, and again, I don't know how I'd be under pressure. But they've got you know a whole store of people shopping. So frantically, the thieves are grabbing laptops and phones off display tables. No weapons were used. Customers and employees stood by in shock. It's interesting because this brings up the question of, I've never seen that kind of violent crime happen in real life. I've seen a person hit by a car a couple times. I've seen some pretty bad car crashes, but I've never seen anything. Have you ever, do you know anyone who's ever been on the family feud? Do you know anyone who's ever made it on to, like, I don't get, there's people like, uh, the game shows that are out there, like, who, who, (laughs) where do they get these people from? I don't know anyone, but maybe you do. Maybe your family did it. So maybe you're, maybe I just didn't grow up in LA or in the right environment. Amazon got an interesting um, upgrade. Rob Black Jeff Bezos is watching you. That's not even funny. So Amazon 
Amazon shares hit a record, as Canaccord calls it the most robust and durable amongst Fang stocks. So Netflix, Facebook, Alphabet, they all have something that's kind of pretty dominant, right? Facebook makes a ton of money in a short amount of time with advertising. They got all your baby pictures. You may not want to pull those off. You may want to say, well, they're there, they're there. Netflix. Oh, and I have a friend who decorates his refrigerator with ugly baby pictures that aren't his kids. I think that's funny. Because there are some babies that are ugly. Look at the competitive advantages Netflix, Facebook, Alphabet, and Amazon all have. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. That's the sound of a baseball bat hitting cable TV business. I like to talk about big trends because there's big money and big trends. There was a big trend in the 1990s called the grain of America where your mom and dad were probably getting older, closer to retirement. Okay, okay, I'll just give you another example. Holy mackerel. The grain of America. I was recently watching um, The History of Horror by Eli Roth, who was a horror director who did one of those cabin movies, curses, kind of young teenagers all die kind of thing. And uh, there was the girl from Nightmare on Elm Street. And she was talking about, you know, yeah, a lot of people back in the 80s and 90s, they thought these were anti-women movies because the killer was always going after these young, beautiful women. But it was always the women who survived. So it really wasn't that the killer was stronger than them. It was they were stronger and smarter than the killer. And she's like a grandmother. And I'm like, I remember you when you were like this cute teenage, young, skinny and like, Oh, and like Jamie Lee Curtis, like you've seen her in the new Halloween film. It's like we're aging, right? You're darn tootin'. So there was a, a trend in the 90s called the grain of America where people that we knew were getting older and suddenly they're throwing footballs through soccer tires and, you know, the age issues that come. The grain of America. As we get older, we need to fabricate more pharmaceuticals to ingest. And Pfizer was right there and Merck was right there. And these were great ideas. And for what they did to the, the stock market performance from the previous 20 years, you, you then saw tech stocks do it, too. And that was the, the trend of, you know, Web 1.0. And we didn't know it was Web 1.0 at the time. We were, you know, basically the call to the dot-com thing, right? And now there's Web 2.0, social media. And then there's a Web 3.0, Internet of Things, B2B. Um, things along those lines are, are continuing to happen. But cord cutting in 2014... Is, is probably about the year where we stopped looking at Netflix is like, oh, they'll send you DVDs and oh, you can now stream movies. And Amazon Prime started doing the same thing. And like 2014 was a good year because it was the year where we started looking at companies like Netflix and Amazon going, you know, I, I think there's something here that's going to be sticky. And then companies like HBO and CBS started to think about their own streaming services. But it wasn't until Sling first bundle of live TV channels that would launch in 2015 that we started thinking about real cord cutting. Um, I've cut the cord, half the cord. I still have the cable cord in the front of the house. In the back of the house, it's gone. It's all wireless streaming. Um, so I need to cut the rest of the cord. And that's going to happen. It's going to be a trend. And there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And so far, 
you know, I, I see Comcast surviving because a some of these skinny bundles that you can get are becoming kind of bloated bundles, and you have to pay a little bit more for some things that you really didn't want, and you're back to where you were with cable and overpaying for a bundle. But the golden age of the bundles on the decline. So for ESPN to have nine ESPN channels and CBS Sports to have five CBS Sports channels and Fox to have four Fox Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, Fox Sports 3, Fox Sports Soccer, Fox Sports University, we don't need any more bundling. We don't need any more bundling. We're we're like Netflix and Amazon. They're mature enough. HBO's there. We can get a Hulu. We can kind of bundle together what we need to bundle together. But it's a golden age. And it goes back to 2014, 2015, where we started looking at some of these things. And we were like, oh, an Amazon stick. I could put this into my TV or the Google Chromecast. I could put this little dongle on my TV and stream it from my phone. And I could put my ugly kid running around on Halloween in a fireman's costume on TV. And I don't even know what that means, but I love it. I do love it. So, um yeah, then we started seeing YouTube, and YouTube kind of went from a random set of videos. So there's a lot of professional videos on YouTube at this point in time. And you can watch, you want to watch something disgusting. Okay, so here's something disgusting. People send me disgusting things to watch on YouTube. This guy goes into a grocery store and buys two pork tenderloins, just pork chops, grabs a can of Coca-Cola. And this is just like, yeah, I'm not going to say a, a store like, I'm not going to say things like Safeways or Lucky's. I'm not going to disparage any grocery store, but it was a company like that, right? Walks in, grabs two pieces of pork, package of pork. You might do this tonight. Grab Coke, can of Coca-Cola, has a camera, pours the Coca-Cola onto the pork. Guess what happens? You start seeing two parasites crawl out of the pork. Ah! Like I may never eat packaged pork ever, never again. And to do to, to who do I have to say thank you to? That would be YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, for giving me nightmares. Who needs the Nightmare Channel at nine ninety nine a month when you got YouTube that's free? So there's a lot going on with with cable cutting, and we we need to acknowledge that and say there's there's something that we can make some money on. At the shopping mall, at the shopping center, at Amazon, wherever it is that you go, price may actually mean something on quality, but it has no bearing on Wall Street. Paying a lot in investment costs is usually a prescription for mediocre returns. So you have to be careful on how much you're paying on your for your ETFs. And the funny part about it is ETFs kind of replace mutual funds. So a few years ago, I would have said, you got to be careful what you're paying for your actively managed mutual funds. It could be up to 5.75% with the American funds. I hate the American funds because they're, 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 this, they're this old school of doing business where it's okay to hit the consumer with a lot of fees and commissions. So fees and commissions are a killer of performance, a killer of performance over the long haul, a mediocre stock fund will outperform a brilliant bond or money fund. So money markets are going to get you 1% right now, maybe. So if you want to keep your cash and money, your money in cash, you go, I got my mind on my money, on my money, on my cash, or I got my cash on my mind. You know what I'm trying to say? Going with the cash ain't going to beat bonds and bonds ain't going to beat stocks over time. It just won't happen. And real estate is typically tied towards wage inflation over time. And there's some periods of time where we get speculative. It's just like the same thing on stock market. There's some points of time where we get speculative and all stocks go higher. Sometimes where we get speculative and we reward pets.com because they have a Super Bowl commercial. 
We have a Super Bowl commercial. We go, they must be worth 50% more because they have that kind of money to burn. Shorter-term bonds will give you the most of the yield of a longer-term bond, but with only a fraction of the volatility. Okay. I haven't had a percussion recently. You know, percussions when you hit your head and you get kind of dizzy and can't remember things quite right. I haven't had a percussion recently. I haven't had, like, any sort of brain trauma. No swelling, no, you know, uh, growths on my brain or anything like that. I haven't had a tapeworm pulled out of my brain. But I will say this. Until it happens, until one of those things happens, I will not buy a long-term bond. I don't even like buying bonds. I'm too young for bonds. It's so funny because I'll see a guy at a beach and I'll go, my God, that guy's huge. And my loved one's like, you're about that size. <laughs> I'm like, that's not very nice. I'm like, that comedian who takes off his shirt, it's so funny looking at his belly. Well, yours kind of looks terrible. like that. So, thank you, Charles Barkley. That's terrible. Man, Charles Barkley got burned the other day on TV, and they put it on YouTube. Of uh, They were asking him bas- current basketball players and what teams they played on. And this was like a pretty famous list, and he couldn't come up with where they were playing. And he's the guy in studio talking about, oh, Paul Pierce looks awful. He's playing for Boston. He should be playing for Boston. That's terrible. So he couldn't come up with a list of, well, anyway. So I'm not a long-term bond kind of guy. I'm not even a short-term bond kind of guy, to tell you the truth. But I shouldn't say that because it's irresponsible. It's like saying, you know, driving with three beers in your system's okay, but four, not so cool. I should like shorter-term bonds. I should, but I don't. When picking amongst bond and money market funds, your key criticism should uh, be cost. If you stick with no-load funds with low annual expenses, you'll always, almost always do better in comparable funds than with higher costs. So if you find a, a mutual fund or a bond fund or a cash fund that gets like the best returns ever but have the highest costs, go with the lower costs and lower returns. It'll pay off for you in the long run and the returns will come back to the medium. For every dollar you pay in mortgage interest, you might save 28 cents in taxes, assuming you're in the 28% federal income tax bracket. In other words, paying a dollar of mortgage interest will leave you 72 cents poor. The same brutal math applies to vaunted tax deductions, which you need to be really careful for. So charitable gifts or paying state, local property taxes. You got to watch out when you're paying off debt and what type of debt to pay off first and the tax deductibility versus the non-tax deductibility. So I've got some credit card debt, you know, I don't have credit card debt, but if I have credit card debt versus mortgage debt, my credit card debt's the first one to go. In general conversation, there's good debt, there's bad debt. Anything that's tax deductible, student debt or mortgage debt, if it is, it's way better than credit card debt, which isn't. I'm Rob Black talking everything I can possible financially. I always have seminars coming up like I have one coming up this month and next month. You can sign up for them at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. They go from San Jose to San Mateo, sometimes East Bay, sometimes North Bay. You get the idea. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use code radio25. Sign up for the newsletter as well. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I do not sacrifice anything. Don't think that. I'm not evil. Whoa. Before buying a stock, I read the annual shareholder letter. I used to date the lovely and talented Juliet, who was a graphic designer, who did annual reports for banks like Mellon Bank. She had a kind of specific niche with the 
Pittsburgh area. But um, annual reports are awesome. If you read them, it's, it's not quite as good as reading about Jugs Magazine, where in Jugs Magazine you learn about 16th century pottery and how like how epic that, that period of time was. Oh, my, my, my. I mean, if you don't like Byzantine vases, what's wrong with you? So anyway, before buying a stock, I read the annual shareholder letter. It shows me who the competition is. It shows me what risks there are to the company. It shows me the board of directors. It shows me key figures in the company, key ideas. Once a year, the CEO writes a, le- a annual letter, shareholder letter. You have to check quarterly reports. You do a news search for one to three months for every major newspaper. And when you're in re- when you're in media, you have access to every major newspaper. You know, to be fair, I like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal as basic ideas of news. Although I do realize, and I hope you realize, one of the flaws with news today, whether it be Business Insider, or the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, is that some of those great journalists that we used to have years and years and years ago have been replaced with Reuters stories. And some of those great journalists that we used to have years and years and years ago have been replaced with 22-year-old Boston College journalist majors who are living with mom and dad in the basement and have never actually held a job, but they're writing about the jobs report. So there is a lot of problems in news. I always like watching Monday on Wall Streets. I feel like Larry King all of a sudden. You ever run the, if you had two dimes to rub together, why it doesn't turn into a quarter? No, no, no. You're a crazy old man who, who's down to coming up with stupid ideas to throw out. But I always loved Mondays. Because <clears throat> that's when a lot of decision making from the end of the week in perspective to over the weekend to time to take action on Monday. So I could start drinking on Tuesday, which will carry me to Friday and I can start thinking about everything again, right? So Mondays are interesting for me to watch because you see the money flows. Mondays are sometimes pretty interesting because some people get paid on Mondays. Now, this isn't as relevant as it used to be. Do you remember your boss? If you worked in fast food or pizza delivery or floral delivery, he'd, he'd have paychecks on Friday. And everyone would wander in right around 12 on a Friday. But oddly enough, the paychecks wouldn't arrive till like 105 after the banks have closed business for the day. That's kind of an old thing that's gone away, right? You used to watch people go to the bank. Single most important piece of advice I can give you on investing is diversify. Never, ever feel any shame in selling a stock that's run. When you see Nike up 20% in a day, and you're like, Nike's never up 20%. Well, it's up 20% a day. If you want to sell a little bit of it, there's no shame police that are going to come back to you and say, oh, you sold it too early. Well, maybe you sold Amazon too early, or maybe you sold Apple too early. But sometimes, if you want to book a little bit of a profit to feel good about yourself, it's okay. Because like stocks don't typically go from 100 to 110 in one day. Back when I was a young boy, young Rob Black, I had my John Maynard Keynes lunchbox. Back in that day, I would read the paper with my father. My father would put me on his lap. He'd say, boy, let me show you something. And he'd show me the results of, of publicly traded companies. And you'd see companies like GE go from 47 and a quarter because everything was priced in quarters and eighths, which again, people don't really talk about anymore. And you would see that in the last 52 weeks, it's been as high as 52 and as low as 46. 
I'm like, man, that's kind of boring. It's not really moving much. But he goes, if you can get it from 36 to 52, maybe next year you get it from 52 to 56. I'm like, boring. Show me some price action. I'll bid a dollar on the showcase showdown. I don't care. I'm crazy. And then the next person bids $2. You're like, oh, you're killing us all. So anyway, I, I think the point of that one is get involved, be an investor, know what you're doing, buy stocks on dips. On occasion, if your stock has a, a crazy good day, if you want to sell a little bit, that used to be a problem 30, 40 years ago when it cost you three to $400 to buy and sell a stock. So you get like $4,000 and it just costs you 400 bucks. That's 10%. You're already down. So you need that $4,000 stock, which is now actually just $3,600 because it costs $400 to buy. You need it to, to rock and roll for you even further. So that's like, that's how people set themselves up for losing. They would buy for the long term, but end up selling in the short term or thinking short term. But now fees are so low. Seriously, people, you can go to Robinhood right now and, and buy and sell stocks for free. Anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Have a game plan when it comes to life. Have a game plan when it comes to investing. Change that game plan every five to so years. Update it. You're a different human being, I hope. So I used to run over squirrels and watch them die. Now I just run them over. We change as human beings. I know you're saying, what did he just say? Did he just say he watched squirrels die? No, 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 no. It was a jokey. Behave yourself. We have all evolved on some level, I hope. Evolved. Moved up, changed, improved. Have a life plan and investing. Have a life plan for your life. Check back on it every five years because you will change. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.